0: Also a shout out to recent guest Nick Berardi and the team for Moisture Coffee. Nick is in Milan, Italy right now, and the, Nick is in Milan, Italy right now, competing in the world roasting. What's going on?
1: There's a chipmunk sucking. So
0: here. It's gonna be making a ton racket in the background. Thanks. <laughs> I am cranky. Yeah? There is a marathon being run outside my window, and they've been going since 6.30 this morning.
1: They're not done yet.
0: Well, the music isn't done. They party all... It's scheduled till 4. It's
1: all, oh, man.
0: Yeah. They started yesterday with, like, five hours of, like, spin class in the parking lot. And... Like, no offense to people that take spin class, but nothing is sounds like less appealing to me ever than listening <laughs> to someone else yell at me while I ride a bike that goes nowhere. Uh, I love to ride a bicycle, but like I listen to this woman scream at these people for hours. I'm, su- I'm assuming different groups of people. But like, yeah, it was just <laughs> the dog loves it.
1: Oh yeah. At least on this end, I can't hear it or anything, so that's that's probably good.
0: They just played um eight six seven five three oh nine for the two hundredth time and it just stopped, so there's like a moment of quiet. Oh, so I'm you're hoping like, that thank it, god. I'm hoping that it stays stays quiet. <laughs> well, thanks for coming back to talk to me.
1: Of course. <laughs>
0: people are the worst uh but you're not the worst Siri Um, (laughs) thank you so
1: um I gotta say are you are you wearing a ruby roasters hat I am yeah I I love I love those guys they do a really good job
0: oh nice yeah they're from about half hour from where I grew up and I stopped there a friend of mine actually sent me this hat and some of their coffee and then I stopped there when I was home in October last year and just had a really great, did a little interview there and a really great experience. I've been really impressed and I love this hat.
1: Yeah, it's a good one.
0: It's wearing out. It's a totally different color than it was when I got it, but I'm going to be headed back to Ruby in a couple of months, hopefully. So
1: Very exciting. Maybe I'll have to, maybe I'll give you a bag of Lofty and then we can do a trade or something. They source coffee from one of the producers like it was our first direct relationship oh, nice. it's a it's a farm called finca de dios in guatemala and they're actually the only other I mean, there's definitely other roasters that source coffee from them but they're the only ones that are like noticeable to me when i look up finca de dios like they they serve their coffee as well which is cool so it's, ama- it's amazing coffee they do a really awesome. good job
0: their shop in Stevens Point, they have a, a roastery that's like I have never been to. It's outside mm-hmm. of town and more of a rural area. But their cafe in Stevens Point, Wisconsin, is really cute, right on the wa- near the water, and just really great service. When I was in there, you know, they didn't know me from anyone, mm-hmm. but you could just tell that it was the kind of place that everyone who walks in is like part of their team. You
1: know, so welcome. That's awesome. Yeah, I've never been, but um, me and my old uh, assistant roaster who who moved he moved to the Pacific Northwest but he, we both loved them so we'd always like once or twice a year buy a bag and like share it at the roastery
0: nice i'll bring you back yeah. some swag or something
1: <laughs>
0: they've got these great mugs there uh coffee mugs and i asked about them and they said they were actually being handmade by somebody here in San Diego and i was like oh, oh
1: no way that's, that's cool <laughs>
0: Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome to season five, episode 16 of the Roast West Coast Coffee Podcast. I'm Ryan Wolt, and this is the show where I bring you the stories of coffee professionals, entrepreneurship, and coffee education. And it seems crazy, but we are already three quarters of the way through this season. If this intro sounds a little bit different, well, that's because it is. I'm recording this at a picnic table at a campground near Durango, Colorado. I'm drinking an Aeropress decaf coffee I brought with me from Coffee Cycle Roasting with a healthy dose of First Light Whiskey, and around me, the birds are chirping as the world wakes up once again after an afternoon rainstorm. This is the first Coffee Smarter episode this season featuring one of my favorite coffee experts and a genuinely lovely human being, Siri Simran Khalsa, the Executive Director of Coffee at Lofty Coffee Company. We chatted several weeks ago about Nitro Coffee and then, in a true coincidence, about drinking coffee while camping. Lofty Coffee just celebrated 11 years at their roasting works, and their newest location in Carlsbad Village, California, just passed the one-year anniversary mark. Follow at Lofty Coffee on Instagram to see photos of all their cafes, and go to LoftyCoffee.com to see all of the roasted coffee they have on offer. You can't go wrong with any of the single origins, or my favorite blend, Morning Dove. You can find those links in the show notes or subscribe to this show's newsletter on roastwestcoast.com. This is the part of the show where I stall briefly to make sure that you have your coffee ready, but I'm cutting it short today so that I can have a stern talking to with the squirrel who keeps trying to get into our snack box. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this Coffee Smarter Chat with coffee expert Siri Simran Khalsa of Lofty Coffee.
1: Cool. Awesome.
0: I say let's start with Nitro Coffee. Cool. On the Roast West Coast Coffee Podcast. It's going to be a rambling intro. Siri Simran Kulsa from Lofty Coffee, thank you for coming back to the show. Congratulations on 11 years of the Encinitas location. And I saw one year in Carlsbad already, which seems crazy. I think we were talking in this podcast like the day you opened a year ago. So... Uh, congratulations on that. And I'm excited to talk to you uh, again about, <laughs> but today about nitro coffee, like what is nitro coffee? And uh, is it a lot like nitro beer?
1: Yeah. So uh, Brian, thanks again for having me. It's always such a pleasure. Uh, I feel like these days, less and less, I have these moments of like nerdy coffee talk. So I always very much enjoy being on this podcast with you, <laughs> but nitro coffee, it's, What's amazing to see it, like how big it all of a sudden became, you know, I feel like you started seeing it all all over the place and it's really quite a simple concept. Uh, You had mentioned, is it similar to nitro beer? And actually that's um, a lot of times if if I have a guest who's curious about nitro coffee and doesn't know a lot about it, that's actually how I'll explain it to them is I'll be like, hey, have you ever had like a Guinness beer or like a a nitro beer, and it's got that very similar quality, um, and it's again very very simple in the sense that it's really nitrogen being pushed through and infused through a pressurized tap nozzle, which in that process of pulling the cold brew through that tap um, and using nitrogen gas from a tank, it infuses. Uh, the nitrogen gas into the coffee which gives it this like nice frothy creamy texture and you'll when it's served you'll see that it has this creamy look to it and that's just uh, really all those nitrogen bubbles that are being infused into the cold brew and it's not I'm not I don't find that it necessarily adds much of a flavor but it really is like creating a texture which in turn i feel brings out like the creamy and nuanced sweet flavors of a cold brew natural sweet not necessarily added sugar or anything like that but
0: that's interesting because i know with beer one of the descriptors of the ways that we would see changes if we took the same beer side by side and made one nitro and one not the one that was made nitro would actually enhance kind of the uh, the creamier, the more lactose, the more milk flavors mm-hmm. of that thing, but it would actually decrease the bitterness. So it was great if somebody didn't really like a really hoppy beer, it would mellow that out for them. And i I was yeah. wondering if coffee was similar.
1: Totally, I I think that that's a great, uh, again, a great comparison, and especially for newer people new to nitrogen um, or nitro coffee, that is a great comparison and. I find that a lot of times nitro is cold brew, which also in the cold brew brewing method mellows out any bitterness that coffee might have. So it's kind of like if you're taking a cold brew and put it on nitro, you get this smooth, silky, sweet, full-bodied coffee. And you'll see something we actually, we used to do at lofty, but we we would have some issues with it was we would serve it in a smaller glass with no ice because when you pour it over ice that like that ice can kind of break up that nitrogen in the coffee. So, uh, it kind of diffuses really quickly. And that's another thing we'd always tell people if they're new to nitro, if you kind of let it just sit there, you know, nitrogen is a gas. So it's going to start to escape. And then at the end you might just have a regular cold brew if it's been sitting there for a while. So, um, it's kind of a, a beverage that's meant to be consumed quickly to get all of that quality that the nitrogen adds to it. And so we used to serve it in a small little whiskey glass, which I thought was beautiful, but it kind of threw people off because they're they, you know they see someone get a cold brew and a 16 ounce cup you know and in that case it has ice and it's really about 12 10 to 12 ounces of cold brew um, in that sense. but uh, you, you get a lot of people being like, ah, this is not what I expected. So we, we we did give in into a larger glass, but, you know, that that that's a whole other topic of expectations and, um, you know, educating your guests. Uh,
0: I don't know a lot of science, but displacement, if you have ice, ice in a glass, it's going to take up room that that beverage will. And then also from the business side of things, that expectation offering a 12 ounce glass with no ice or a 16 ounce glass with ice. Mm hmm you're offering roughly the similar amount of liquid but if the customer is expecting a 16 ounce glass and wants no ice that changes the margins on that product yeah and all of a sudden you're going wait can I sell this for four or five dollars or how much does it have to be so that comes into that as a customer like understanding that but also like as a business training your customers on what it is and sometimes Mm -hmm. that's possible and sometimes it's not
1: Yeah. So, I mean, to, to speak on the business aspect of that, that's something we've had to consider and we actually upcharge for no ice because like you said, it's, it's a significant amount more and it, it changes it on that business end. So
0: yeah, almost 25% give or take of
1: exactly
0: of what that glass is. I, we should have established, I should have established this at the beginning that generally speaking a nitro coffee is cold it's not served yeah. hot, but do people serve is it possible to serve a hot coffee as a nitro wow
1: that's a that's a interesting question i i'm not entirely sure what comes up for me just like automatically is that nitrogen tap that has the little pressurized valve doesn't do well with hot water. We've actually had an ex- or or hot liquids that we we've actually had the, we've had an experience where we, we tried to clean the tap with hot water and that hot water just blew out the gasket. And again, that, that little pressurized uh, plastic piece in there. So I wonder how hot coffee would hold up going through that line. Because again, to infuse it, you have to have that nitrogen line and the liquid line uh, going through that tap, which is what infuses it.
0: Go ahead. I was thinking about, no, I was thinking about a can of Guinness where you actually break a tablet of nitrogen inside with when you're shaking, and I believe is how that works. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you could do that with hot coffee somehow with a nitrogen, yeah. like a, a nitrogen Guinness ball.
1: Yeah, that's actually news to me. I didn't know that's how they infuse the nitrogen into the bottle because that's something I've seen um, on the like the packaged nitrogen, like nitro coffees. Mind you, I I actually don't have a lot of experience with like pre-packaged nitro coffee. But to my understanding, it's not the easiest thing to pack in the sense that when you open it, you have that same experience of the infusion
0: well, and maybe I'm I'm wrong. I I just assumed that that's how it worked, but maybe it's possible if you were to seal that nitrogen coffee in a can. Maybe the shaking and the little thing in there is just to rattle it all up and get it.
1: And get I it don't know. Infused. From set, it,
0: you'd think it would settle at some point or rise to the top, but yeah, I don't, I don't really know. So I'm gonna do some yeah. Catering, yeah, before show. yeah, sharpening. I don't
1: actually know either. But that's definitely something because, especially, you go to the grocery store, and I would say Nitro has very much became like a hot thing in in the coffee consumer, and you you see it on packaging, and I do wonder, yeah, like what, how how is that going down and what is that experience for the consumer versus going to a coffee shop and getting it right off the tap?
0: I'm going to go to the store after we get off this and I'm going to buy like a bunch of different nitro coffees and start reading the cans and breaking yeah. up. And happens. Heck that'll yeah,
1: be that'll be fun. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I think we we kind of really covered that fast. I want to ask you about this headline I saw real real quickly, um, and I did not give you a warning on this. So I apologize.
1: No worries. <laughs>
0: Just this morning, I saw kind of this sub headline in an article on kind of a well-known coffee blog that was, uh, the headline was, high quality instant coffee is possible. I'm wondering if you think that is accurate, if that is possible, or if, kind of like we see where there's this kind of forward progress on, I'm thinking of social issues, but on a lot of things, and then people kind of step back. I've also kind of seen some like pressure for people to start like, focusing on dark roasts again and uh, like what happened to the dark roasts do Mm -hmm. you think that a reversion back to instant coffee is in our craft coffee future
1: i mean we definitely see it so we see it in in companies like steeped coffee which is like um are you familiar with steeped Mm -hmm. Uh, so there's things like steeped there's things kind of like that pop-up pour over Um, and then yes we do see uh different like specialty instant brands coming out and I think there's definitely a want for that convenience there is a and, and like when you look at like the adventure outdoors kind of demographic who you know want that convenience to be able to go camping and you know just have hot water there's definitely a want for that and then the, the question of like how can we make it better in my experience, and I, by by, I'll, I'll be transparent. I'm not like an expert in the that realm. Especially with lofty, we've we've experimented with a few uh companies and a few methods of trying to do that, and in our opinion, we just and in my personal opinion, it's just not as good. So it's like okay, we're gonna put this product out that's convenient, but it's not really it's not really that much better than maybe your other instant. Like I'm not seeing the value there, but I think there are, there's definitely room for it. And I think we're seeing a lot of, of experimentation being done in that sense. I have you heard of comment here?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I find them to be interesting where they're, they're not calling themselves instant coffee, but they're called like more of like a convenient way of having coffee. And I have I have had it before. And I will say, out of those like more convenient ways of brewing, it's really good. <laughs> it's, it is really good. And in the sense that it's kind of versatile in its ability to be a hot beverage or a cold beverage or kind of used as espresso, quote, unquote, it being a concentrate, essentially. And I think I'm interested in that because you're not like putting the coffee itself through a process to make it dissolvable, which in my experience really has a specific taste <laughs> like, whether it be specialty coffee or Starbucks or something like to me, instant coffee has that instant coffee flavor and, you know, which isn't necessarily bad either. Right. We've, we've talked about this a lot where a lot of times it comes to preference and, you know, sometimes in those moments of wanting convenience, you can sacrifice the, the flavor a little bit for for that convenience if that's a value to you I'll tell you my
0: personal
1: <laughs> I, I mentioned I mentioned the, the the camping like outdoors people who probably want that more convenient way. I've gone in the opposite direction where I've greatly invested in my coffee my uh, camping coffee setup where it is not convenient at all. It takes up a lot of space and it's definitely time consuming and there's a hand grinder involved and water boiling on a camping stove. And personally, I like that. I like that when I'm outside and I'm taking my time and I can brew that cup of coffee in the wild and, um, and have that pour over experience. Uh, But I love, I like that. I'm not someone who's needing convenience as much as maybe the average consumer so yeah sure
0: <laughs> i'll find uh there's a uh, a guy on well i think it's tiktok uh but i see it on instagram because i'm old who just basically goes out into the world and makes one cup of coffee like always on location next to a beautiful river at sunset mm-hmm. and has this huge elaborate like setup process that he keeps in like a toolbox and it like unpacks it and it's this whole that's process awesome. and it's so beautiful and zen-like and i if you would have told me at some like earlier in my life that i would someday spend time watching someone else make a cup of coffee that i don't even get to drink i would have thought you were insane
1: <laughs> but i so do appreciate funny.
0: this guy's dedication to this because it's clearly a, a process and yeah i am a person who camps and has a hand grinder and has always felt like i make a nice French presser. I make a pour over at camp. And I like that. I like sitting in the morning cause I always wake up before uh, my wife and doing that. However, I'm going to be on the road camping for several weeks this summer. And I absolutely bought some like pour over single serving packages that I, some days I can just wake up and be like, Oh, I just want this now. And
1: I can just do it. I, yeah.
0: Yeah. I still get a little bit. I, I don't like the tea bags. It's just, it's not because of the quality. It's just because I like, I like pretending that I'm at least doing a pour over, even though I'm not really. I'm just pouring yeah. the water on it. But it gives me that experience a little bit. And the coffee isn't as good as the one I would make myself. But the convenience and the fact that I'm, you know, at camp, I just had this conversation with Chris O'Brien recently on an episode. When you are, when you are deprived a little bit, you know, when you've slept outside or on the ground, or uh, maybe it's cool in the morning or whatever, that coffee will taste better even if it's not as good.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> so I I do appreciate that part of it.
1: Totally. I just sent you a photo of my, my camp setup.
0: Oh, cool. So Can I share you- <laughs> that?
1: Oh, absolutely. It's like I said, it's a little bit. It's a little bit extra and I might even have an extra photo <laughs> to send you and it's a little extra. And I still, there's still like, Oh, I want that. Oh, I need this. Yeah. Like...
0: Well, the next step is color coordination, you know? Yeah. Like, uh... Uh,
1: it's a little bit there. It's a little bit oh, there. Yeah, That's there. definitely, yep. Yep. Right. definitely in the thought and process of, of putting it all together.
0: I have a problem with thermoses because I love the Stanley thermos and I, keep wanting to buy new ones but there's kind of this like there's a finite amount of thermoses you can use in your real life on a day-to-day basis oh yeah so like why do i need another one it's just because i really like the green color and i like the way that it works and oh this one has like a little flip lid that i like yeah Uh, it's definitely a a privilege uh you know gift to myself
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think we may have talked about this on a previous episode, but if not, and we don't have to get too much into it, but that's actually, specifically camping and finding the perfect cup, I'm still on, I'm on a mission, because I'm not the biggest fan of metal, um, and a lot of times the thermoses, like, I, I enjoy my coffee a little bit cooler than some might, and... I find like the thermoses keep it too hot. So it it's like takes me hours to drink my coffee. And then if you just use a regular mug, it if you're outdoor camping, it sometimes will cool off really quickly. So I am looking for the perfect camp mug that doesn't have a metal sippy area.
0: See, I have a two-part process where I brew my coffee into the stainless steel double wall metal camp mug that keeps it too okay. hot. And then I pour it into like a a normal ceramic coffee mug that I like that, you know, is the right size and the right shape. And then
1: then... by the
0: time I get to like the extra amount that I want to drink, you know, I usually do I'll pour like a half a cup or something and I'll sit and drink that and the, the metal cup is cooling while I'm drinking the first one. And by the time I get to it, it's the right temperature. And it's a little bit of like, it's a little obnoxious. Uh, No problem with that. But like, it works.
1: I think you have just literally that is the simplest thing. Because that's the thing I want. I want to drink out of a mug that I love. But I don't want it to be cold in two seconds. Wow, that is like, literally such a simple concept. I can't believe it's also basic. I feel like it reminds me of, you know, like the old school thermo thermos that has like the plastic cup on top that you just like pour into. Wow.
0: Yes, I love that. More. Right. I love that. Well. Thermos. I, I have several thermoses like that, uh, that I have bought from like thrift stores that someone else gave up on and I'm like, you're out of your mind, like. This thermos from 1975 not only still keeps things hot, like I can keep it by the bed in case someone breaks in because it weighs 25 it's
1: pounds. It's also a weapon. <laughs> I yeah, love exactly. it.
0: <laughs> Siri, it's always great to see you. Thank you for coming back and talking coffee with me. And and I am really looking forward to getting nerdy with you again sometime soon.
1: Me too. Thanks for having me.
0: Okay to recap, Siri is the best. You didn't hear it, but she let me vent for about 10 minutes before we even started recording. Sometimes when we're chatting, I forget we're supposed to be recording the show. So nitro coffee is cold brew coffee infused with nitrogen, often in keg form. The nitrogen is pushed through a pressurized tap handle, infusing it into the coffee. The effect is a frothy creamy texture. You can actually see that creamy texture the coffee's bitterness will be depressed and the sweetness enhanced. You'll also get a bit more of a kick. The recipes I found for nitro coffee mixtures all at a higher ratio of coffee grinds to water, meaning more caffeine. You might expect to get your nitro cold brew coffee over ice, but that will actually break up the nitrogen, which kind of defeats the point, point. and since the gas is naturally breaking down from the moment of infusion, the nitro cold brew is meant to be drunk quickly. As for hot nitro coffee, no one really does that as far as I can find. Some people make a cold brew nitro and then microwave it, to which I ask, why? I also found some sciencey talk about how nitrogen solubility is lower the higher the temperature, which would make it less feasible to create a quality product. I wasn't able to confirm that with a source I'm confident in yet, so don't go spouting that as science fact, it's more like coffee science maybe. Siri did send me photos of her camping setup, which I'll share on RoastWestCoast.com, along with photos of the portable pour-over coffees I've been drinking this week, which are an awesome convenience. Although, I still prefer grinding and brewing a coffee myself, after which I'll go through my process of drinking half of my coffee from a traditional ceramic coffee mug, while the second half slowly cools in a stainless steel mug nearby. It's kind of a pain, and I get that, but I like my coffee like I like it, alright? Besides, coffee always tastes better when you've been deprived a little bit, like when you've just slept on the ground. Also, I'm wondering if the plural of thermos is thermoses, thermi, or just thermos. If anyone out there knows, shoot me a message on Instagram, at roastwestcoast. And finally, that marathon did eventually end. Thanks to Siri for coming back on the show and spending some time with all of us. She'll be returning one more time this season to talk about the coffee bloom and the Specialty Coffee Association's water standards, and how water will impact your coffee. Also, shout out to recent guest Nick Berardi and the team for Moster Coffee. Nick is in Milan, Italy, and the world roasting competition is underway. I'll link to the world championship site on roastwestcoast.com, and also add links to Lofty Coffee, and as I mentioned at the top, be sure to follow at Lofty Coffee on Instagram. Thanks to my roast industry partners. I'm enjoying sharing their coffee and whiskey across the country as we travel. A big thanks to Moster Coffee Company, Steady State Coffee Roasting, Camp Coffee Company, Ignite Coffee Company, Ascend Coffee Roasters, Coffee Cycle Roasting, First Light Whiskey, Morea Coffee, Cape Horn Coffee Importers, and Cafe La Links to those stellar businesses, subscriptions, and everything else I mentioned on this episode can be found online at roastwestcoast.com. And there is the rain. Now, if you'll excuse me, I need to get a raincoat, because there is a trail nearby that needs to be hiked. This episode of the Roast West Coast Coffee Podcast is, was, has been written, produced, and recorded by me, Ryan Wolfe. I hope this show has found you happy, healthy, and with at least enough sanity to make it through the day. For those of you headed out for a cup of coffee this week, please always tip your baristas and be sure to drink good coffee. It has been so quiet out there. I don't know. They must Yay! have like. They must be in between like people running home.
1: Yeah. Worked out perfectly for the podcast.
0: Yeah, for sure. My wife was kind of laughing because I always complain that as soon as I turn this on, like it's crazy town out there. Uh, but it worked for once. I like beer. Hey everyone! If you Can like the Roast West Coast God, Coffee God. Podcast you might also appreciate the I Like Beer the podcast. Listening to these guys is like being a fly on the wall of the pub with a few of your favorite mates having a pint. These professional beer appreciators have plenty of stories to share on everything from the mating habits of penguins to their behind-the-scenes brewery experiences. Check out the I Like Beer the podcast wherever you are listening to this show about coffee or head to ilikebeerthepodcast.com.